Boston Sports Syndicate. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Boston Sports Syndicate Fire the Muskets podcast. This is the Syndicate's podcast dedicated solely to the New England Patriots and the National Football League. I'm Bill Travers. Thank you for joining us. The 2021 NFL Draft was completed over this past weekend and every year we fall for all the talk on what we think the Patriots are going to do and as usual the Patriots throw us a huge curveball on draft day. But of course we here at Fire the Muskets had to get together to go over everything that happened this past weekend with the NFL Draft. So joining me, as usual, is the Syndicate's senior Patriots and Celtics writer and co-host of the Above the Parquet Celtics podcast, Derek McVeigh. Derek, how you doing? Doing well, Bill. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. And unfortunately, our usual third man in, Kevin Santos, has had to step away from the podcast for the time being. Due to personal reasons, he is fine, but he is not able to join us for a little while. So in keeping with the uh, celebratory draft uh, theme, we uh, went into uh, the syndicate and uh, picked our new third man from a draft. So uh, I think the pick is in. So with the first pick in the Boston Sports Syndicate draft, the Fire the Muskets podcast select... Chris Henrik, great bloggino, Chris Cotillo's Sports Writers Workshop. Chris, welcome to Fire the Muskets. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing good. Of course, everybody should know Chris from the Red Sox podcast to be named later, the Above the Parquet podcast, and newly added to the Syndicate's flagship podcast. So, uh, Chris, you're logging a lot of uh, overtime hours here. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, cashing in on that first overall pick salary pretty soon. <laughs> That's right. That comes with a huge signing bonus, I hope you know. All in cryptocurrency, though, please. Uh, I don't understand what that is, but, yeah, sure. If it's if it's not real, I can, I can pay you as much as you want. <laughs> All right, guys, before we start talking about the draft, I just want to do a couple of quick promos. Uh, if you've been listening to our po- uh, flagship podcast that we had recently, or if you've been following us on social media, uh, you'll ju- you'll know that we recently entered into a partnership with a new enterprise called Symbol. Uh, what it is, is it's a basically a stock exchange where you can buy and sell shares in your favorite NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball teams. It's a really interesting concept. Um, so, Please check it out. Uh, you can find more information uh, on their Twitter page at Symbol Exchange. Uh, Google them. You can you can find out uh, all about it and where to join. Check our website www.bostonsport.www. I always leave off that third W. BostonSportsSyndicate.com. Uh, we've got some information there as well and a link to where you can find Symbol's webpage. Um, and if you decide to uh, join it and buy some stocks in your favorite team. Please use the promo code BSS and you'll get $20 off for signing up. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is uh, just this past Saturday, May 1st, we uh, opened up a new venture called Discord, which is uh, pretty cool. It's kind of like a, a Twitter, basically, uh, but it's specifically for the syndicate. So uh, all the syndicate writers and podcast hosts are in there and you can join and we can 
It's a platform where we can talk about Boston sports, and you can call us out on all our articles and, and podcast takes or any other thing that you want to talk about. So if you want to go in, talk about the Patriots draft or talk about the Red Sox game or the Celtics game, well, we're in there and we'll interact with you, and let's get some uh, discourse going back and forth. So that's Discord. If you want to find out how to join, check our social media uh, across all our platforms. We've uh, got a link for an invite for everyone to join. Uh, Derek or Chris, anything you want to add on Symbol or Discord? No, I think you nailed it. All right, hearing nothing. Let's move on to the draft. So, guys, I want to get, first of all, your overall impressions on the draft before we get into any real specifics. Um, I want to start with you, Derek. What What was your thoughts overall on what the Patriots did in the latest draft? Uh, I think it was pretty positive. I mean, so initially like going into it, the, the one thing I wanted them to do was draft the quarterback and which they did that, which uh, you wrote an article talk. about exactly. Yep. Check it out. Boston sports syndicate website. Um, but I mean, we'll talk more about the, the pick itself. Um, but it just felt like every pick they made, at least in the, you know, the earlier rounds, the later rounds, you know, those are always a, a kind of a crapshoot anyway, but they, they addressed the, an area of need, um, so, you know, you never know how how these guys are going to turn out, but all you can ask is that they they draft based on need. Um so I'm I'm pretty happy. Chris, what were your thoughts on the draft? I thought overall as a whole, I thought the the draft was entertaining. I watched the the whole first night. Um popped in and out of the second night and I didn't really watch much for the third. I played uh golf on the third one was happening, but um I thought the what I watched was overall entertaining. Um, as regards to the Patriots, though, um, I thought that they, I thought that they had a really solid draft. Um, and we get when we get further into it, I'll kind of give you what I thought my draft grade was for them. But um, you know, surprised but not surprised by the pick for the quarterback position. Um, surprised that Belichick picked a quarterback, but it's something they needed. And I just felt by the way that this off season went, where he just you know, very unconventional, spent a ton of money, signed a lot of players that, you know, them going into the um, the first round to get a quarterback wasn't entirely shocking. And I think Mac Jones is going to be a great fit after thinking on it and not reacting right away like I initially did. Um, but overall, I thought that they I thought that they addressed a lot of a lot of needs throughout the draft. I'm going to agree with you on the the draft was just especially the first night was just some great theater. Uh, well, you know, watching, you know, how it developed and some of the trades that came down. Really interesting. I mean, the NFL just does a great job um, in general of just hyping the whole event and then then producing a really slick event. Um, just uh, they own sports right now. The NFL does. It was just a really great package. Uh, as far as the third day, I was kind of popping in and out as I was doing things during the day. And I, I saw her at one point. You know, it gets into like the sixth and seventh round, and they're just—they're probably basically just like reading out of a magazine on who these guys are. I doubt they've seen much tape on them at all. And there was one guy that came up, and they were saying he was born with six toes on on his left foot, but he played in a backfield with another guy in college who lost all of his toes on his right foot in a lawnmower accident. That—that that was the kind of stuff that they were talking about. So, yeah, they were really stretching as as it got down into the into the later rounds. Um, but I, I got to agree also with you on the fact that 
my my take on this after after looking at all the the picks that they made, when you look at what they did in free agency, I think that's where they address their immediate needs in free agency. And I saw this draft as like the foundation for the future. One thing that this mm-hmm. team didn't have last year, number one, they didn't have a heck of a lot of talent, um, and we've we've talked about the reasons before the COVID opt outs and things like that. I think between free agency, they shored up that first line, you know, the top of the depth chart. And this draft brought in some guys that we probably won't see as starters right away. But there's, you know, as as the players that are there get older and, and play out their contracts, whatever, this is the next round of guys that came in. So I thought they laid that really good foundation for a solid future and built up a lot of depth that this team just didn't have last year. So you both mentioned uh, quarterback. Um, Mac Jones was the was there at 15 when they picked, and that was some interesting thing too to watch is seeing him slip. I actually tweeted out it reminded me of Brady Quinn in uh, 2006, I think it was, how everybody thought he'd go very early on, and there were some projections that Mac Jones was actually going to go number three to San Francisco that they had traded up to get him, and then they ended up going with um, Trey Lance. And then it seemed like every time it came up for a, a potential quarterback to be picked, Matt Jones name Mac Jones name wasn't selected and they just kept showing him in the green room looking at his cell phone and it's like, Oh man, how how much further is this guy gonna slip? When it finally came to the Patriots at fifteen and some of the bigger name defensive players were off the board, like Patrick Sertan and Micah Parsons, it seemed like as you know you know, like when they have the so-and-so is on the clock, and and this always infuriates me. It, it takes forever for them to submit the first pick. I mean, Jacksonville knew six months ago who it was going to take with the first pick, and yet it took them ten minutes to turn the pick in. The Patriots, when it came to them being on the clock, it's like no sooner were they on the clock, it said the pick was in. So it's almost like they knew exactly what they were going to do with that pick, and to satisfy Derek's wish, they went with the quarterback. So I want to ask both of you, Derek, I know you wanted a quarterback, but were you surprised when they actually did pull the trigger on Matt Jones? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, and I'll say because, you know, when the like the college season first ended, I thought Mac Jones was like a, a second or third round guy. So when, you know, a few weeks ago when San Fran traded up for Miami and people were talking about them taking Mac Jones third. I was like floored. I, I didn't even consider him in the same class as, you know, Lawrence and Wilson and, and Trey Lance, Justin Fields. And now I wonder if that was like, you know, a bit of a smoke screen to see if they could get someone to, you know, pay an arm and a leg to trade up to for number three. Um, uh, but then at the, the end of the day, you know, it seemed like, you know, I saw a video of the Patriots draft room and I mean, Belichick never shows any enthusiasm anyway, but he it almost felt like he was just kind of like, all right, we'll, we'll take this guy because he's there. You know, he was asking everyone else in the room, like, are we good with this? Are we good with this? Are we good with this? Like, it just felt like their their hand was kind of forced almost. They're like, well, we need a quarterback. This guy's here. You know, he's he fits our system and, and what we want to do. We kind we kind of just have to take him. Chris, what were your thoughts when they made the pick? So, I mean, I wanted Justin Fields first. Um, I just, I kind of felt like with Mac Jones, there's really like nothing flashy about him. You know what I mean? Like there was no, 
I don't know. I felt there was no like real true like fanfare or hype really up until like the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, so I, I, I full disclosure, I mean, I wanted Justin Fields. I thought he'd be, you know, kind of aligned to what they were currently doing with like the offense they had with Cam Newton. I felt like he could kind of just slot right in, you know, at some point this season and then kind of play that style of football. But when they, when they finally drafted Mac Jones and it was kind of like, and he was literally falling into Belichick's lap, it was almost like Belichick didn't have to trade up. He didn't have to do, he didn't have to do anything. And the, the quarterback just literally just fell into his lap. And, and I think, that, you know, getting a guy that's one, he's pro ready. So, you know, he's literally, they could probably install him in there, but they're going to probably ease him along. Um, it just, I think once I kind of took like a step back, and try to like reassess my feelings on it. This is an outstanding pick for them. I mean, like, you know, they're you're getting they're getting someone who is an accurate quarterback. Um, you know, he's not Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's, he's he's not that type of prospect. But the Patriots literally might have just lucked into the next franchise quarterback, and it's it's just shocking that 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 actually happened. I got to admit, I was disappointed when they made the pick. I thought they had needs elsewhere. I mentioned this on the last podcast. I wanted to see them get younger and more athletic at linebacker. Uh, maybe when Parsons dropped off the board, they decided, you know, whoever else was left wasn't worth that first-round pick. But uh, I watched a lot of Alabama games last year. I mean, they were, they were just so dominant and so fun to watch. As I was watching Mac Jones, I never got the impression – he was a first-round pick, maybe not even a second-round pick, especially not in the top half of the draft. I just didn't get that impression because he had so many great weapons around him. I mean, Alabama, could pro- that you could take that team and drop it into the NFL, and they probably win five or six games at least. That's how stacked that team was. And what did they have, six guys go in the first round or something like that, some really high number? It just shows the talent he had around him. I don't know. I, I really hope I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope it's the case that, uh, you know, he has the mental aspects and the accuracy to play in the NFL. Um, I, I just kind of hope we're not we're not pinning our hopes that he's the next Tom Brady. And I'm afraid that we are. We're looking at the attributes he has, the mental capacity, the decision making, the accuracy and the lack of mobility, which he really has, which in the NFL now is a big thing, and I know that was one of the knocks against him coming into the draft was that lack of mobility. I just hope that Patriots fans aren't looking at him as the next Tom Brady. Let's not pin too much on this kid before he even takes his first snap in training camp. Well, I yeah, think, unfortunately, I that people are. I, not to cut you off, Derek, sorry. Um, good. I, I, I do think that there is a portion of the Patriots fan base that – that is that you know they're they're kind of aligning him with that Tom Brady mold. I mean, just an example is the pictures, you know, like the the Tom Brady shirtless draft picture for when he, you know, before he was drafted to Mac Jones with the one with the cigar out of his mouth. Like people are putting that comparison together and just the problem is is that people are going to put this kid on this pedestal, and we see how fans are with the Red Sox. Just imagine what it's going to be like if you know Newton. Say he comes out as a starter. Mac Jones gets in there by like week four or five, has a bad game or two, 
it's it's going to be all oh, they wasted a first round pick on this guy. Like I can already hear it. I already hear and see the fan narrative in my head. I think people just got to temper the expectations a little bit and understand that he is he's a rookie and let him develop into who he's going to be. No one's ever going to be Tom Brady again. And this is probably the toughest job right now in any professional sports team in the league right now to take. You know what I mean? Like you are literally the quarterback after Tom Brady. Like I just this is he's already has a tough job as it is learning the new system, becoming a pro, playing for the Patriots is not an easy thing. And on top of it, people are already kind of calling you the next Tom Brady. Just let this kid kind of develop. Derek, do you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, thankfully for him, I mean, I would agree with Chris in that there are definitely some fans who obviously draw that comparison and, and think he's going to be the, the next Brady or are hoping he's going to be the next Brady, which is just unfair and, and unrealistic. Uh, I think one thing he has going for him is that he's not following Brady directly, right? You know, Cam Newton's kind of that, that buffer um, as part of that transition. And uh, Belichick has said that Newton is their guy, which is a whole nother thing I was surprised to hear him say in that. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't like it's going to be a competition. It was like he was pretty firm in that Cam's our guy and Mac's got a, you know, a long way to go. Um, but qu- quarterback is obviously the most important position in in the NFL and most important position in, in terms of success. Like you can't you can't win without a good quarterback. So if the Patriots think Mac Jones can be a, a legitimate, you know, effective starting quarterback in the in the NFL, whether it's next year or in two or three years, and I'm okay with them, you know, maybe overreaching, right, and taking him a little bit earlier. I mean, they probably could have waited maybe and, and got someone in the second or third round uh, and maybe addressed a more, um, you know, immediate need or someone who is going to come in and make an immediate impact. But for a position like quarterback, I'm, I'm okay with looking, you know, two or three years down the road if they think he is going to be, you know, a 10, 11-year starter in this league. Yeah, you mentioned Belichick's quote after after the draft that night was over you know and basically he said well mac jones was there and we picked him which wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement um and he did say cam's our guy um so i, I want to ask you guys uh, chris you mentioned the offense the offense under cam newton i think is going to be a lot different than the offense run by mac jones and i'm wondering how that's going to work in training camp, are they going to put in an offense for Newton to run with, you know, with the rollouts and the called running plays for the quarterback? How's that going to affect Jones' development and whether they think he's ready to take over the position? And then at some point, if Jones does step in, do they scrap the whole thing and go back to the old Brady-style offense? Chris, what do you, what do you think that uh, they're going to do as far as that goes? So that's a good question. I, and I've, I, had conversations with some people on this, like, you know, on that topic, because of the fact that, you know, this team is much different, obviously with Cam Newton, what they've kind of watered down, so to speak. I'm kind of thinking that maybe, I mean, look at all the weapons first off that they signed during the off season. You know what I mean? Now they, they have, they have two legitimate tight ends. They have legitimate wide receiver options that they can choose from versus, you know, kind of what they threw out there last year. So maybe, they'll change the offense in just in general to be where Cam Newton is going to have to kind of have now having another full season here in New England that he'll have to adjust to. So that way it's catered more towards Mac Jones, so to speak, to where knowing that Cam isn't the long-term option. So why go and change a playbook and have Mac ultimately have to change the way that he kind of plays? I, I mean, 
I, I, I just don't, first of all, I just don't see Cam Newton as a long-term starter. I don't see him as a long-term option even into like this year. And I just kind of say that out of the perspective that we really didn't get to, he didn't give us kind of much hope the way that he played, you know what I mean? Like he couldn't make the easy throws. He overthrew some of his, you know, targets. Um, I am sure like, you know, again, he had COVID and that you know, obviously didn't help and he didn't have legitimate people to throw to, but um, no, I think that, I think the Patriots are going to, I think we're going to probably get it. We're going to go back to seeing something we're a little more accustomed to. Um, when Tom Brady was here to, to kind of get it to align with what Mac Jones is ultimately going to be running here in New England. Derek, you mentioned whether Mac Jones starts or not. Do you think at some point Belichick will, uh, Belichick will put him in as the starter? I, I don't think he's going to start from day one. I think Newton will get the job coming out of training camp and that they're going to go with him. But last year we saw Newton struggle mightily and Belichick never made the switch to Stidham. Do you see a similar scenario happening next year? If you know if they get out of the gate and Newton struggles early, do you think Belichick will stubbornly stick with Newton, or do you think at some point that he will give Jones a chance? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, I'm completely agree with you in that Newton will is their day one starter, and and Mac Jones won't be starting and until you know middle of the season at at you know earliest. Um, I think Cam would really have to struggle. Like they would have to not be winning any games, um, and he would just have to look completely lost out there for them to to make the switch. Because even you know at the end, the tail end of last season when they had nothing to play for, you know playoffs were out of reach, they still wouldn't give Stidham a chance, right? They still put Cam out there. So I I think that. You know, it's it's going to be Newton this entire season unless he's like drastically bad and this team is, you know, struggling struggling mightily and like can't win any games. I really think this is going to be a, a red shirt season for Mac Jones. Chris, you agree with that, or do you have a different thought? No, I I, I agree. Cam Newton is the is the day one starter, you know, week one starter rather for the Patriots. I I agree with that. Again, just based off what and like we saw last year, I don't have the confidence he's going to make it the full season. And I kind of hope that maybe he would to an extent. So that way, again, we're not just rushing Mac Jones out there. Um, but I feel like, I feel like with th- this time around, I, I think Belichick might have a shorter leash with Newman and to say like, all right, I can't do this for two years in a row. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I can't see him trying to save face or whatever he, whatever he did to make it work last year and, and, and change perception about the way he was with, and I think that he kept Newton out there really because he was trying to show to people that he was kind of doing this dude a solid. I don't think he can afford to do it this time around. Not like from a perspective of like, he's going to lose his job or anything like that, but you can't have back to back poor seasons, especially just after spending the money that this team spent during the off season fans, Fans are going to expect to see a complete drastic change to the way this team was. And I don't think that it's unfair for fans to do so. Yeah. I mean, I would agree in that there's probably a little more pressure on Belichick to, to replace cam if things are, are going poorly. Cause one, all right, this is the second straight year that he's struggling Two, now they actually have someone that it seems like, you know, there is the future, right? A first round pick like Stidham was there, but he was a, 
what a third or fourth round pick, like not someone that, you know, people were, were gung ho and excited about. Now you get a first round pick. Um, and you know, you mentioned the fans too, the fans are going to be back in the stadium now. So, I mean, whether that makes a difference or not, like if, if Cam's struggling, fans are going to let them know. And that's going to be a completely different dynamic than last year. One other question I have about Newton is, has he made any posts on social media about the pick? Has he, have we heard from him at all? I haven't seen anything, um, and that's something I've actually been che- uh, checking. Um, I'm going to his Twitter right now as we speak, and I'm almost positive that he has not made any comment. I don't think there's been a lot of comment in general from any Patriots players. Chris, you had some, um, two or three posts initially after, you know, the night after the draft. I don't think there's been too much since then. Uh, you know, I'm just wondering no, it's... how he's going to, how Jones is going to win over that locker room. Cam is a very popular guy in the locker room. Is, is Jones going to have any kind of problem coming in as basically the anointed heir apparent and the guy who's eventually going to take Newton's job? If that's going to be a difficult spot for him to be in, I think if he's going to try to work hard. Yeah, right. I say if he approaches it the right way and doesn't come in with any sense of like entitlement, like oh this is my job. If he just works, you know, works his tail off and and does all the right things and says all the right things, I think they'll they'll warm up to him in the locker room. And I don't I don't get the vibe either that he would you know just from listening to him and just kind of. You know, he it really seems like he's kind of just soaking this all up right now and kind of taking in this whole experience. And he seems to be saying all the right things as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect him to go in there and say or have the mindset of, well, if Cam basically F's up, this is my job. I think that that's that's pretty clear. Um, but if he can go in there and he can, you know, he works hard and he practices hard. I, I don't think that there'll be any issues with, you know, the team warming up to him. But you know, to your point, there was only three players in social media who commented. And I put those three players in the article that's on the website. Three. That was it. One of them was Damian Harris, who he played with. One of them was a new free agent signing in Jalen Mills. And the other one is currently escaping my head, um, which I actually honestly think it was more of a generic post with a smiley face on there with the sunglasses. But it was right after he was picked. But there wasn't a lot of comment from the team, so was it, and that could have been by design too. Was it Uche? Yes, Josh it was. Uche. It was Josh Uche. So it was relatively quiet, but I, I'm not going to read into that too too much. But you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, Derek, I want to touch on something else you said earlier. Um, you know, you said could they have gotten somebody later on in the draft that was almost you know, equivalent to, to Jones, uh, you know, I, you know, we were all thinking somebody like a Kyle Trask or a Kellen Mond. Trask, I believe, went with the last pick in the second round, and Mond might have gone a pick or two after that early in the third. Um, do you think that they could have, the Patriots could have gotten, you know, 90% of what you're going to get out of Jones, but maybe with a higher ceiling if they had waited for one of these two guys or, or somebody else of that nature? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think him, um, you know, Trask, Mons, Jones, even Davis Mills, the guy out of Stanford, I, I feel like they're all kind of one in the same. Um, so, and the fact that, 
that you know Trask, Mond, and, and Mills all went around the same time. Like maybe the Patriots could have waited and they would have had to use their second round pick on uh, you know on a quarterback because you know by the time their their third round pick would have come around, all those guys would have been off the board. Um, so I mean I don't know if they maybe they didn't reach too much for for a quarterback. I think at the end of the day I don't know if you know when we look back you know ten years from now if any one of those four guys are going to have a significantly better career. I think they'll all probably be a, a similar type quarterback. Chris, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, the, the only player that kind of, you know, really came to mind just kind of circling back on that was, was Mills um, who ended up going to the Texans with their first pick. I think they had him like the third round, but um, you know, the Buccaneers, I mean, they go and they grab Trask so he can just, he can just sit behind Tom Brady until he's ready to kind of call it a career. I mean, what a situation that dude's going to have. But, His first phone call um, should have been to Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> but um, if you think about though, too, if the Patriots, let's just say they, they go and they pick a quarterback later on, it, it completely changes the complexity of this entire draft. You know, at that, you know, at that point now, you don't pick Mac Jones. Who do they take at number 15? Because Parsons wasn't there. The cornerbacks weren't there anymore. Um, I think at that point they probably would have traded back or maybe traded out of the first round altogether, you know? So I think by, with them getting Jones with that first pick that they had on the, you know, with the 15th pick, I think it really kind of set up their draft from there really nicely that they went out and they were able to get some, some significant depth pieces of that, to your point, as you said earlier, that they can grow with and they can, you know, they're the next foundation layers to the next Patriot team. So, um, it's kind of maybe in a way that again, getting lucky to get Jones to, to land at 15, I think really set up the draft a lot better than, you know, now if you go into the second round, do you take Kellen Mond, do you take him in the third? Well, if you do that, I don't think you get Christian Barmore anymore because you have to trade up to get him. You know, is Perkins still around in the third round? Like I just think that it would have just changed the dynamic of this draft up completely. All right, you mentioned Christian Barmore. Uh, do we have any more we want to talk about Mac Jones? Because that seems like a natural transmi- transition to Barmore. So I'll throw it out there. Anything more on Jones? Any any thoughts that either one of you might have before we move on? Hearing nothing, I'll say let's move on to mm-hmm. Christian Barmore. Uh, they actually traded up a few spots, um, it seems like, to to go and get Barmore. Um, some knocks on him uh, coming out of Alabama, another Alabama player. Um, I guess the guy is, was a little bit difficult to control in the college atmosphere. Um, there's some worries about him in the pros um, being able to focus on the job at hand. So, you know, I'll ask you guys, how did you like the pick? I'll start with you, Derek. I, I liked it a lot. I mean, I He's, you know, by by all accounts, the the top defensive lineman, you know, in the in the draft. Uh, many, I think a lot of people thought he would go in the the first round. Uh, I think the one thing that um, kind of like makes me feel better about the, you know, the off field stuff or or whatever his his uh, ability inability to be controlled is that Nick Sa- is the relationship between Belichick and Saban. Like if Saban really felt, this is just me, like spitballing here but if Saban really felt like this guy was a loose cannon and someone they couldn't control and not worth a pick I feel like he would have told Belichick you know stay away from him um 
but clearly he didn't and Belichick moved felt strongly enough to move up and and take him and I know we talked about how a lot of these picks feel like they're picks for the future but this feels like a guy that's going to come in and start in day one like no Adam Butler's gone this feels like a guy that's going to slide into that Adam Butler role and he'll be a guy in the the middle that can stop the run but also you know bring some some pass rush you mentioned Saban. I wanted to bring that up, too. How much influence do you think Saban had on both of these picks, given his relationship with Belichick? Yeah, I mean, there's there's naturally got to be some some influence, definitely. Um, and, you know, I mean, I I like went back and looked at some of the, the past drafts for for the Patriots just to see, you know, their their history of taking Alabama guys. And they don't I mean, they've taken some, but. They haven't taken as many as I thought based on how often people talk about the relationship between Belichick and Saban. Like the, he hasn't drafted a ton of Alabama guys, but for the most part, the guys that he's drafted have, have panned out pretty well. You know, Hightower, Damian Harris looks like he's going to be a player. Cyrus Jones was a bit of a flop, um, but it, he hasn't drafted as many guys as I, as I thought. Um, but I definitely think that that relationship with Saban certainly influences uh, you know, some of these picks. Chris, what did you think of the pick and them trading up to get the pick and just the overall relationship with Saban? I honestly thought that this, this kid was going to go towards the latter end of the first round. I actually felt that like when the bills were picking towards the end of the first round, I really thought that this is where he was going to go. So when he slipped out of the first round, he landed in the second round. And then when the Patriots drafted, uh, traded up to get him, I was excited for the pick. Um, you know, he, you know, Derek said it. I mean, he could come in and he could potentially, you know, be an impact player right away on the defense because they're, you know, with Butler not on the, on the roster anymore. Um, you know, they, they added some depth during the offseason to the, to the front seven, but he could definitely come in and play some uh, meaningful uh, downs for the Patriots. On top of it, too, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's some negative that, that attaches with him. And I think there's a lot of negative that attaches with some of these players they drafted. Um, but all of, you know, he was clearly, you know, pro football focus said best interior line uh, defender in this entire draft would have been a first round pick. He wasn't a first round pick because he had some of the off, off the field stuff. So, um, I just, it was a great pick for the Patriots and, you know, and again, it addressed, it addressed the need. And, you know, when, when the Patriots typically go and they draft on defense, especially either linebacker or one of those guys that's, that can play up front, Belichick doesn't miss that often. So um, to, to throw out there too, in the, to the respect to the saving piece, I think that that, you know, that relationship, I certainly think helps, you know, um, yeah, has, has, has Bill missed, you know, with the Cyrus Jones and those, those players of the world. Yeah. But, you know, Derek said it, they wouldn't go and pick, um, they wouldn't go and pick this player if he was a complete knucklehead and wasn't going to be able to keep it together, um, on the field. So I think the Patriots, they got a first round talent at quarterback and they got a first round talent in the second round and could be could be a uh, sneaky sneaky player for them on defense, especially the fact that he might be able to start right away. Yeah, and speaking of defense in the front seven, especially uh, with the third pick, they took Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma, um, another defensive end. Um, last year, this team just got gashed by the run, uh, especially 
around the end uh, with with these picks and signing Judon in the offseason and the return of Kyle Van Noy um, and some of the other free agent acquisitions that they had. I, I don't see teams running all over the Patriots again like they did last year. So I think they're, you know, combined with the free agent signings and these picks, uh, I just see, you know, their defense has just, just taken that step up. I, I think they're going to be one of the top defenses in the league next year. Yeah, it, it feels like this is going to be like a team of the early 2000s, like the early Tom Brady years, right? A team that has a, a smash mouth defense and they just need a quarterback to kind of manage the game and make plays when when they need them to. Don't make any stupid mistakes. Take care of the ball and the defense will win you some low scoring games. That that feels like how they're building this team. Yeah, and I'm also kind of interested to see what system they're going to play next year. Are they going to play more of a 4-3 or a 3-4, or, you know, is it going to be like a hybrid? I think that's kind of where the league is evolving to, where they're playing more in the nickel and the in the dime. So you've got, like, your undersized linebackers who function more as a safety or the big safeties that can step up and play linebacker like a dugger. Um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how they put all these pieces together next year. And there are a lot of pieces that are coming in. I mean, it's going to be a radically different defense from what they had last year. For sure. And I I think they could, you know, you mentioned a hybrid. I think they have the personnel to to do both. Like even the the guys they drafted feel like they can play multiple positions. Uh, like Perkins feels like a guy that can line up on the outside, but also maybe you can line him up inside too. And the same thing with Barmore. And then, you know, they drafted the kid, um, you know, Bledsoe, who feels like a, you know, maybe a Chung replacement, but a similar to an Adrian Phillips type guy who can play, you know, like that safety linebacker hybrid. Uh, so I just think they have a lot of flexibility um, with the personnel they have. Chris, any thoughts? No, I agree. I mean, I I really think that they're kind of trending back to that, you know, bend don't break type of defense, you know, and that's what, you know, they were incredibly successful when they had that style of defense. And I and I just, they, they have, they can certainly hybrid this defense with the players that they have, but they don't have to necessarily be kind of set in stone that they're going to be a three, four or a four, three, depending on who their opponent is, the personnel that they can run out there, the players that they have, I feel are going to be, they, they just, they feel like they're more versatile that they could, they could really kind of play these guys. Like you said, they can they be in almost interchangeable parts to kind of cater to the team they're going to be playing with. And again, they got younger on defense and they got better on defense. And these guys that they brought in through this draft are just going to be more pieces to help complement uh, what they've done. I think it's going to be a while before we actually know what this team is. You know, with all the new pieces they're bringing on both sides of the ball. You know, usually with the Patriots, you you, you know, they have that first four games of the regular season where they're still kind of tinkering around with things. So I think I think we're going to see that. And this year will be an even short shortened preseason if they even play the preseason. It'll be knocked down to three games with the extra game added to the regular season. So, you know, it may take a while for all these pieces to come together. But, uh, you know, I think I think they're going to be a, a fun defense to watch next year. I'm still suspect on the offense with Newton running the show. But I think that defense is going to be really fun to watch. So, guys, I want to ask any other any of the other picks that you thought were interesting out of out of the rest of the rounds. We don't want to go into every single player. Uh, because, to be quite honest, some of them I never heard of before. So, 
Was there any other pick that you thought was interesting um, in the later rounds? Chris, I'll start with you. Well, I wanted them to get a wide receiver. Um, and you weren't disappointed? They had. Oh, wait, they didn't take no, one until the seventh a wide round. Receiver. They, they didn't. There was there was two players that I liked. I liked Sage Surratt out of Wake Forest, who ended up going undrafted. And I think he signed with Detroit. There was another guy that I wanted them to draft merely because of the fact that I wanted to hear Zolak try to say his name. He ended up going to the Jaguars. I'm going to butcher it myself. I think his name is like Josh Amita Beebe or something like that. He was out of Illinois. Um, besides his last name being incredibly long, reading on him, he had like the biggest wingspan of any wide receiver in the draft. Uh, incredibly fast. But again, he went undrafted, went to the Jaguars. So those are like the two guys that I – in doing some research on the draft on players that the Patriots could go for that weren't the top tier receivers. I felt that could potentially go there. Um, I didn't do a lot of research on Trey Nixon and, you know, I probably should have considering that I, you know, was more, you know, looking at the other guy that was on his team because Surrett also went to uh, central Florida, but um, he's another player, you know, he's had some injury history um, in the past. He had a broken collarbone this past season um, he was initially coming into this year on the, uh, Blitnikoff award watch list. So, you know, there was, there was some upside there, um, but injuries kind of nipped him a little bit, but, um, you know, he can certainly, he's got a little bit of size to him. He's like, I think he's like six feet tall. Um, and he's fast and, and he's very, uh, I would like probably the best way to call him again, use the word versatility. He can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. Probably not going to play right away, but it's still a step in the right direction. And it's another guy that had some size to him, you know, because looking back to the wide receiver the Patriots have, have had, it's, you know, Belichick doesn't always get the tall receiver. Someone can just go up and, and get the football. Um, I think bringing in a kid like this who could probably add a little bit of size to his frame might tell him to kill Harry. Hey, look, I know you're fast. I know you get size. But we're going to bring in some players who are similar to you as well and maybe put him a little bit on alert to say, hey, look, yeah, you're a first-round pick, but your status for the team is not also going to be set in stone either. You need to work at it. Um, I don't know. I, I like this pick. I, you know, just if you get a minute, read on him a little bit if you guys haven't done it already. Um, again, six feet, like 185 pounds. He ran the 40-yard uh, dash. It was like a 4.44. He's fast. And – you know, with, with Edelman now being retired, you put something, someone who's fast like that in a slot. If Newton can get the ball across or Eric Jones, this could be a, a home run of a pick. Derek, do you have any thoughts on some of the picks later on? Um, I think the one that was most interesting to me was their fourth round pick where they took the, the running back Stevenson out of Oklahoma because he's a a bigger running back than they than the ones that they they have right now. Um, and I know I think we you know we we put an article today about it, like comparing him to Legarrette Blunt. Um, but it, it's something they haven't had since Blunt, right? A, a big body back, and you know for, especially for those short yardage um, and goal line situations. I know last year they had Cam, who you know is kind of like a, a goal line back in his in his own right. Um, but how many times these past couple of years have the Patriots had these, you know, third and one, fourth and one short yardage situations and they get stuffed? Like this feels like a guy that can help them in that in that area. Um, apparently he's a good, um, you know, pass catcher as well in terms of like check down. Uh, so, you know, maybe 
this spells the end of, of Rex Burkhead. I know he's still a, a free agent. Um, I mean, running back certainly wasn't position a position I thought they would target in the draft. But again, just when you think you, you have the Patriots figured out, they, they do something that you're not expecting. Uh, so I'm interested to see what, what he turns into. Yeah, I got to agree with I, you. On, you I got to agree with you on that one. That was going to be my pick as well. You know, I thought if there was yeah. any position they were solid at, it was running back. Um, but I think this might spell the end of Sony Michelle's tenure tenure with the Patriots, um, especially if this kid can catch the ball. That's something that, um, you know, they brought, they're bringing James White back, but, you know, he's getting older. None, you know, all of us are. None of us are getting younger. Um, and, and they really don't have that next person um, to be that third down back. And, and with the size, too, for the short yardage, um, I, I think this kid could be interesting. And allegedly, he's uh, good on special teams, too. So if he can contribute there, that's definitely his way onto the squad. Chris, I cut you off. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, I was you. I was you. You said exactly what I was just about to say. I, the Patriots have a decision that they need to make with Sony Michelle on picking up his fifth-year option that they haven't decided on yet. If the Patriots don't exercise that option, it's I think partly because of the fact that they that they drafted this guy. You know, they have after this season they're going to have three running backs who are under contract. It'll be Stevenson, Brandon Bolden, who basically because with them not playing last year, kind of rolled over, and then Damian Harris. So while while they had players at this position, from a long-term standpoint, bringing this kid in, this is another one of those picks that you can focus on the long-term. And on top of it, you're getting a, a dude that's built like a battering ram that, to exactly what you said, third and one, fourth and one. Cam Newton doesn't have to be that guy to do that anymore. He, he, like how predictable were the that Patriots offense was? If it was third and short, who was running the football? Cam Newton. So in this respect, now they can interchange between three different guys: between Michelle, between Stevenson now, and and even in Harris, they can throw different looks. You can you can literally put Harris and Stevenson in the backfield in a two back set. So I really, really, really like this pick. And again, wasn't someone that, you know, I kind of looked at as one of those guys that Pats could go and get. But when you again, you go and you look and you read and you get some insight on who this player was. It's like, wow, like, how did you miss that? Like, this is someone that just fits the Patriots so well. I, I love the pick. I, I And I went, I watched some, some uh, short little clips on him on Twitter. And again, if you guys get a minute and do that, like it, he's it's it's almost like explosive. It's he's it's a good pick. It's a really good pick. All right, guys, any more thoughts on the draft before I get your grades for the Patriots? One minor little thing. The Patriots did not sign an undrafted free agent yet. This is, like I think, the first time in Belichick's 20-whatever years here in New England that they haven't done that yet. I don't think they have much cap space left after all the money they spent in free agency. I don't think it's so much the cap space. So the one thing that I heard was that they only have six roster spots currently available and that they're going to try to utilize those spots over the course of the next couple of weeks based off of potential players who can get cut, things like that. Um, Also, the pool of players to choose from from the draft was a lot smaller than in years past, too. So I'm just surprised, though, because they're used to seeing the Patriots go out and and scoop up somebody. Because, I mean, how many many – how many Patriots, you know, that have 
you know, that have been undrafted have made an impact with New England. I mean, J.J. Taylor is, was undrafted, made him make an impact, but um, – Malcolm Butler. God, why is his name? Thank you. I was going to just want to say to Malcolm Butler. I mean, so I'm just a little surprised that Belichick hasn't tapped into the undrafted free agency market just yet. Yeah, good point. I've been looking at that myself, and I don't recall seeing anything. So, thank you for bringing that up. So, guys, let me get your uh, draft grades now. Overall, how do you think they did? Start with you, Derek. Uh, I give them a a B plus. I think it was a above average draft. Right? They they got their quarterback, or who they think there is going to be their quarterback. I mean, for me, that's that's all I wanted. Just something to to look forward to some type of plan for the future. Cause obviously Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham aren't, aren't the future. Um, and it, you know, the, the whole Garoppolo thing, I, I never really was a, a fan of anyway. Uh, so they got their, their quarterback, they traded up and got, um, who many consider the best offensive lineman in the drafts. Um, and then they drafted a bunch of other guys that feel like prototypical Patriots, right? Guys that can do multiple things. Um, you know, we, we talked about Perkins. Uh, we talked about Stevenson. Uh, Bledsoe, the safety, feels like a guy that can, you know, he'll do special teams, but he fits that, like, Chung role. Uh, the the offensive tackle they drafted in the sixth round, you know, people talk about he'll probably be like a – he could be guard or tackle. Um, you know, Trey Nixon, Chris Chris talked about Nixon as well. Uh, the linebacker from Michigan, probably going to have to wait a year. Doesn't sound like he's going to be ready at all this year coming off the, the ACL injury. Um, but he feels like a prototypical Patriot because they talk about how great he is of a, a tackler, but he's not a great uh, coverage guy, which he'll fit right in with the rest of the linebackers that they have. Um, so I, I give him, a, I think it was a, a solid draft all around. Chris, what's your grade? I am right in line with the, with the B plus. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of media outlets that said the Patriots were, this was like an A or even an A plus draft. Pro Football Focus said the Patriots had an A plus draft. I, I have a tough time giving any team an A plus draft, um, but based off of first and foremost, had to get a quarterback. Um, the Mac Jones pick, I would say, is probably a borderline B plus A minus between the two. I think they get, you know, with getting Barmore, who's a first round talent. Perkins, who probably would have been, you know, had he not had some off the field stuff, probably went a, went a, went a hell of a lot sooner. Love the love the Stevens pick, empathy. you know. It's not. Uh, unfortunately, probably not going to see the linebacker out of Michigan this year. But um, you know, they grab a safety. They add, you know, they get younger, get a little more depth to the secondary. The the lineman I don't really have much info on. Um. So I can't really kind of speak to him, but, and, and they got a wide receiver and they got a wide receiver who's fast and has some size. So they, it just, they drafted for need, but they also drafted what I felt might've been like the best players at that moment to fill some of those needs. So this is, you know, probably one of the first drafts in a long time that I feel like I came out of, came out of it. Like, okay, you know, they, they got some players here. They got some guys who is, that's going to probably make some noise. They got some guys that we kind of heard about, and we're able to kind of, you know, understand who these players are going to be. And I feel good about the picks after reading on a lot of these guys because a lot of the outlets are all saying the same thing. You know what I mean? There's no, like, two ends of the spectrum when it comes to it. You know what I mean? Like, when it with the 
like with Mac Jones, you either have like, nope, they shouldn't have gone with him, or he's the best quarterback in the draft. You know, and then there's so I don't know. I just I feel like overall Belichick had I think he did a really good job. Now these guys are gonna go out there. They're gonna and they need to perform. And uh, hopefully these guys can be healthy, and hopefully they they play some meaningful downs, and and it translates into um into some success. But it's gonna be all eyes on Mac Jones, guys. Everybody else in this list, let's be honest, most fans don't really care about it. It's it's all about Mac Jones. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to agree with both of you guys. I'll give him a B. Um, you know, I think it's it's gonna take some time, as it does with all drafts. I think it's going to take some time, but I do like the, as I said earlier, the foundation that I think they've laid with this draft. Um, it shows me some hope for the future. This this team was really lacking depth, and I think that, that this draft just added to that. Not the top of the line on the depth chart. They don't need that right now with what they did in free agency, but um, you know they, they added those depth pieces that were sorely missing. So I'm really excited by it. Uh, the Jones pick, still a little... A little out on that one. Well, you know what infuriates me is people who before the draft were saying, don't take this guy, blah, blah, blah. And then after the Patriots take them, oh, what a great pick. He's perfect for them. That The revisionist history just, just drives me crazy. And there's a lot of them out there that have said that. But one one good th- – oh, go ahead. Derek, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was gonna say that's just that's that's those are Patriots fans. They do that. I mean, they were probably ready to to crucify the Niners if they took Mac Jones number three. But since the Patriots got him at fifteen, it's a oh what a steal! This guy should have been a top five pick. I'm talking about the media, not Patriots. Yeah. Not, not people on Twitter. Not like somebody we know that that freaks out about what people say on Twitter. I'm talking about the actual media. <laughs> but seeing you brought up Garoppolo. I don't know if you listen to Felger and Maz, but they have been talking about Garoppolo coming to the Patriots nonstop since, I think, November. That isn't going to happen now. Or do you think it will? Thank God. Do you, think, do you think they'll still be talking about that on Monday morning or just in general? Can I we mean, give up on the Garoppolo? We talked about this on the flagship. Can we please give up on the Garoppolo coming back talk? They were talking about it on Friday. That's true, they were. <laughs> Immediately the day after the draft. Now they're trying to find ways to figure out how Jimmy G can end up in New England. So it's going to – Jimmy G is going to remain a topic of conversation until the 49ers either show the world that they're going to keep him, and, and that means you have to wait until the season starts, or they trade a cup eight. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. I mean – but I felt them as they're going to do everything that they can to continue to talk about Jimmy G because let's be honest, they have the pulse of the fan. They have the pulse of what's going on in, in Boston. And, you know, it's, I mean, we're talking about it right now. You know what I mean? So it's still, it's still, uh, it's still a, a subject that has legs to it. Um, and I just, if, if Newton wasn't here and Jimmy G was here, it'd be a completely different narrative, but I, I just, I, it just still feels like it's some way, somehow that Jimmy's going to, is going to end up back here. I just have that weird sneaky suspicion, even though they got Mac Jones. It's like that girlfriend that breaks up with you and you just, you just trying to think, yeah, she'll come back to me. She'll come back to me. That's what it feels like with them. Like it's, they're jilted lovers and they're just waiting for Jimmy to come back. He'll come back to me someday. It's not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen. 
Derek, you want any thoughts on Jimmy before uh, before I move on? No, I mean I'm just like I I mean I wrote about this in the in the article. I Garoppolo is obviously a, a talented quarterback. I'm just I I have a hard time you know investing a future in a guy that can't stay on the field and Thank like you. he you know he had. He had a you know what six good quarters here in New England right the the year Brady was suspended he had a a solid opening night against Arizona a couple good quarters against Miami then he got hurt uh, and then you know he had some some okay seasons in in San Francisco but you know the last three seasons he's missed almost as many games as he's played so I just think I have a hard time putting that much money towards a guy uh, that can't stay on the field. Thank you thank you very much for saying that. I agree with you a thousand percent. <laughs> All right, guys, let's look at the rest of the league. Any other surprises or or things that you found interesting with some of the other teams' picks? And who do you think uh, had? Who do you think won the draft? Is there anybody out there that really stood out as uh, improving themselves? I'll start with you, Chris. I am surprised that. Um the Aaron Rodgers news drop like it did right before the draft. Um, I really thought that that was going to set up a potential trade to really go and completely shake up everything that we saw on the draft day. Um, that news of the trade will come down thought, as soon as we're done recording. Cause that's the way these things oh, always of happen. Course. <laughs> of course. Um, I thought the Jaguars had, had an interesting draft. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, unless you were living under a rock, um, you know, you knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to go number one. Um, I like, and I can't, I always butcher this dude's name, Travis Etienne. Is it Etienne or something yep. like Etienne? Etienne? I always butcher his name. I, I actually really like that pick a lot. You know, you, you know, you take him and you put him with, with Robinson and they got Carlos Hyde in that backfield. Plus you have that, that Clemson connection between Lawrence and him. Um, I liked that pick. Um, it's almost uh, – and I thought, too, like on the defensive side of the ball, they made some picks, just just really like steady picks for that team. I thought that the Jaguars had a decent draft. Um, I was a little shocked that the Bengals picked a wide receiver. I thought that they would go and get the linemen to yep. try to continue to protect their franchise quarterback. But their franchise quarterback apparently – wanted the wide receiver so that hit to the leg clearly just didn't it wasn't the wake-up call but whatever um but i mean chase is a big time playmaker i mean the Bengals have 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 some sneaky weapons on their offense the question is is will joe uh, burrow stay upright to make those throws um i liked i liked parsons to dallas um i think that's that's a really good uh really good fit for them um I wasn't like looking at looking at the within the division. I thought the Dolphins had a really good draft as well. I think that they've actually, I think the Dolphins have just been doing an outstanding job, just retooling that franchise. Um, and I thought they had they had some pretty steady picks as well. I wasn't crazy about Buffalo's pick. I thought that they, I thought I thought that they, I don't want to say reach, but. I would have I would have went with uh, Christian Barmore there if I was them. I just really really thought that that was going to be like the the fit. I really did just to add to that, you know, stellar defense. But um, no, I, I thought that um, I like 
like the Jaguars drafts. I like the Dolphins draft. I like the Cowboys pick. Beyond that, you know, I, I just I love draft day. I like I love it in general. Yeah, I love the those three days. So um, I could do this again next week if they had it. But um, no, that would be my overall kind of consensus on on the draft, unless Derek says something and it kind of jogs my memory on something. All right, Derek, I think that's your cue. All right. I'll, I'll step up. Um, you know, Chris was talking about the other teams in the division. I think the I thought the Jets had a, a decent draft. Like they seem they think they got their quarterback in Zach Wilson, the the guard out of USC with their you know that they traded up for. I think people thought uh, I was listening to I think it was Gaspar and Murray on Saturday, and Chris Gaspar seemed to think that if that guy was available at 15, that Belichick would have taken him. Um, but by the Jets trading up, it almost forced Belichick's hand to take Mac Jones. Um, and then they took, you know, in the early in the second round, they got the wide receiver out of Ole Miss, Elijah Moore, who a lot of people thought was a first round talent. So I thought the Jets had some some good picks. Um, but again, it all depends on what Zach Wilson turns into. Um, going back to Green Bay, uh, I just think is obviously that news feels like a, a yearly thing with Rodgers, right? He always this always comes out around draft time. He's disgruntled. But again, they didn't really do anything to to help him. Like their first two picks, they took a, a cornerback and then a center. Like no no one to really help that offense. Uh, and then the last one I thought was super interesting. My my last point is Houston, and I know we talked about it earlier. And that Davis Mills was their their first pick, which was in the third round. I I think the fact that they used their their first pick of the draft on a quarterback. I think it it opens the door a little bit into how they're like looking at this season and that Deshaun Watson may not be around, whether it's because he doesn't want to be on the team or this, you know, his his legal issues are going to materialize into something. Uh, I wonder if Deshaun Watson's days as a Texan are numbered. Yeah, good call on that. Uh, I got to agree with both of you guys um, with everything you've said. Um, I thought both the Jets and the Dolphins had really good drafts. Um, I don't think they improved themselves enough to be a real threat to the Patriots, uh, but you know they're, they're. I mean, Jets is nowhere to go but up. But uh, I think uh, I agree with you, Derek. I think uh, the Dolphins have, I think it was you, Derek, that said it, have, have slowly build it, rebuilding their their organization. So um, my my only other thing that I could add to that um, that I thought was a good pick was the Steelers taking Najee Harris um, at 24. Um, yes. Yep, I forgot yeah, about that. I loved him at Alabama. As I said, I watched a lot of Alabama games last year. Um, I, I, there wasn't much talk about him that I heard. And I know running backs can be a dime a dozen, and um, you know, especially wasting a first-round pick on a, on a running back. But I just see this guy as, as the next Derrick Henry. He is, he is just such a beast. And uh, that fits perfectly with what Pittsburgh likes to do, that smash-mouth football, running the ball. So I, I think, you know, out of out of all the picks later in the first round, I think that was the one that jumped out to me the most. All right, guys, any closing thoughts on the draft or anything else going on in football in general? Chris? Um, no, I just I think that um, I'd be shocked if Aaron Rodgers is a Green Bay Packer by the time the season starts. I don't know how they can mend those fences. I don't know how you look as a – your franchise quarterback who I mean he kind of I think has a beef and a gripe in his own way because they never seem to go and try to get him any sort of legitimate help around him in the draft and how they're going to be able to mend those fences it'll be really interesting to see where he goes um 
whether it's Vegas or, you know, San Fran, wherever, you know, wherever he might end up landing. So I'm interested to see how that whole story kind of unfolds, which I think will, uh, should be basically, it's going to be the topic of the NFL over the next couple of weeks until that finally comes to a resolution. Derek, how about you? Any final thoughts? Look, we all know what happened in, in 2014 when the Patriots had Brady and they drafted Garoppolo, right? It lit a fire under Brady. He won three Super Bowls. I wonder if Tampa Bay just did the same thing. They just drafted Kyle Trask. Is that going to fire up Brady? He's going to play five more years and win a couple more Super Bowls? I don't know. Better watch out. TV 12 avocado ice cream. <laughs> Winning a Super Bowl at 48. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> wow. All right. Guys, thanks. Uh... Thanks for your thoughts, and everyone, thank you for listening. Check out our website, www.bostonsportssyndicate.com. We have articles from Chris. I think, what are you, Chris, like three, four a day now is, is what you're averaging? You're, you're just cranking them out left and right. But Well, so today we had today we had three, so we called this on Sunday. But in fairness, I I went golfing yesterday, and oh, while golfing, slacker. I – I had a couple of cocktails, so when I got home uh, around 5 o'clock, I wanted to take a small nap. Well, that small nap lasted until 1 a.m. in the morning, and I could not fall back asleep. So I've literally been up since 1 o'clock this morning. Um, So I was watching TV. I actually watched Draft Day, which if you haven't seen Draft Day, it's – the the what happened in the movie would never happen in real life but i love it it's a great movie um and literally while watching the movie i i had those three that came out today and the one set up for tomorrow so yeah it's uh, a machine right now that's why we call him the great blogino but he's not the other one uh not the only one writing articles on our website derek uh, also has some great articles on the celtics and the patriots so please check them out. Again, www.bostonsportssyndicate.com. Uh, there you can also find links to all our podcasts and also to our merch page. Uh, we just had some new items that freed up. We ha- now have steel tumblers and pint glasses, uh, which I already ordered uh, one of each. So please check that out. We have a lot of other great stuff on there, too. Check out our Facebook page at Boston Sports Syndicate. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Boston Sports Sin. That's S-Y-N. And, of course, all of our uh, separate podcasts, they have their own Twitter page. Uh, you can check out the Fire the Muskets podcast Twitter page at Fire the Muskets. So that one should be easy to remember. And remember, check out uh, Symbol and check out Discord. You can find links to those on our webpage as well. And if you are going to a sporting event, which is how good is that to say, if you are going to a sporting event, it's been a long time, but we've got fans back in the stands and more opening up. So if you do are going to a sporting event or a concert, buy your tickets on SeatGeek and use the code BSS and you'll get another 20% off your first purchase. And that is with your email address. So if you have multiple email addresses, you'll get 20% off of all of those that you use. Derek, Chris, thanks again for joining me. To everyone listening, thank you for joining us. We will catch you later. Boston Sports Syndicate. Music for the Boston Sports Syndicate provided by 
i am cdm and jay kelly.